Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Glad you're with us for another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt, as always, joined by Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri-City area, uh, the person that we turn to for advice and guidance in the financial world each and every week here on the program. If you've got questions for Kevin, never hesitate to reach out. You can do so online at insightfolios.com or by calling 888 888- 885 plan or just pop by the office sometime there in Pinconning if you've got questions want to meet Kevin and the team see if he's cooking up anything in the air fryer uh, or got anything else going on in the office uh, hot chocolate whatever it may be uh, come on by say hello he'll have some good restaurant recommendations shopping fishing hunting whatever questions you have about that financial stuff or anything else uh, Kevin's always uh, an open book to come and chat with and get to know a little bit Kevin that's why we have so much fun here on the show and I I hope you're doing well this week. I am, Walter. We're heading into October. You know, we're winding down and leaves are going to be start turning here more and it's a good time of year. Yeah. Do you have a favorite leaf color since we're we're heading into that Ma- season? Maples. You like the maples? Okay. Yeah, the maples turn, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty. Kind of like that reddish, me. that yeah. reddish color. Yeah. All different colors. Yeah, but it, it pops. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I find uh, I really like the golden, that kind of golden yellow. Mm-hmm. But then when you get maybe like the, the, the dark red uh, pop of color up against a whole bunch of another color. That's when I think fall just looks the prettiest when you have those really contrasting colors, maybe right, right next to each other. Boy, it just really kind of takes your breath away sometimes. Well, it does. We go to Canna Creek Ranch a lot and on our way up, there's certain spots on M33 that you can see a long way. So when the color changes in, it's awesome. And then when we get up to Canna Creek Ranch, we can, we can go into the ranch house there and we can look out over the lake and all the trees. We can see a long way there. I'm visualizing as I'm, as I'm speaking right now. It's only a few weeks away. I was in, uh, when I was in Maine last October, uh, we went to Baxter State Park, beautiful park where Mount Katahdin is the biggest kind of East Coast peak, if you will, um, on the Appalachian Trail. And it's the end of the trail. Anyway, there's a beautiful, beautiful pond or, or lake that then kind of is in between these different peaks. And it was right as all the leaves were changing. But what was so cool was the angle and the perspective you could see the progression of the changing of the leaves based on elevation. So as the slope went up the mountain with all the trees up the mountain, it was just a it was just the perfect swath of color all the way up and down covering like, you know, each week of progression, if you will, but you go up, you know, a couple hundred feet or whatever, you know, it's a, it's a different schedule, right? Like there's a different, those turned earlier. And then the ones above those turned a little earlier than that. So it's just really cool to see that progression, that specific week we were there. It was just like perfectly laid out to where you still had some that were green on the bottom to where they'd, you know, already gone through the full color progression up at the top. And then you had everything in between. It was just so neat to see. And uh, so that's, that's one of my favorite things about fall, seeing all those different colors actually i drove from maine i was going to stay in new hampshire and it was a couple of falls ago and i couldn't find a hotel because everybody from boston area was ah, headed up. The, the leaf peepers yeah, yeah my yeah, grandparents yeah, do that each yeah, year yeah. yeah so we had to go all the way to boston to get a hotel 
um, that night. And it was a late night, I can tell you. But it was a beautiful, beautiful area to see, you know, all the leaves turning that whole trip. Yeah, it is. It's a great spot, that is for sure. Well, hopefully people have some exciting outdoor plans, maybe. Enjoy this change of seasons that we're kind of going through right now. And uh, get out there and enjoy these weekends while we have them before it gets a little too cold to be doing some of those great activities. Uh, On today's show, we've got lots of great things to talk about. We're going to begin with... Talking about the cost of doing business. So I thought this would be a good place to start this week, Kevin. We want to peel back the curtain a little bit to open up the conversation today into the advising world because I think a lot of people who, even if they're longtime listeners to the show or if you're just new to this whole conversation about retirement planning and financial stuff, maybe you've never even thought about working with an advisor, never thought you would qualify or don't even know what, what kind of costs are involved with doing that versus doing it on your own. We want to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit on that and kind of understand how working with an advisor really transpires, especially from a cost standpoint. Who's getting paid? How are they getting paid? How does it impact you as an investor as you're preparing for retirement? You okay peeling that curtain back a little bit, Kevin? Sure, let's give it a whirl. I figured you'd be all right with it. All right, so I understand that there are different ways, certainly, that financial advisors can be paid. So can you start off telling us a little bit about those different ways? Well, there's basically two different ways. If, you, if you're visiting you know, a financial advisor, typically we're going to get paid in one of two ways. The first one's going to be client fees. So what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, th- this happens in two different ways when you charge us a fee for people coming. First, on an hourly basis. You may pay, you know, $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour. I don't know what the hourly basis are around here, but you may pay just an hourly, hourly fee. You're going to come into the office. We're going to look over your portfolio. We're going to charge you an hourly rate. Second, which is more popular, I think, is what's called a fixed basis, or it's a percentage on each client's asset under management. So maybe it's 1% of, you know, so if you have, you know, $1,000, we're charging 1% on that as a fee to help you manage your investments and keep you on track and do all the rebalancing and picking and all those things that go around with it. The other side of that is commissions. You know, they're going to apply to certain financial transactions. So for example, if you're going to a commissions advisor, they're going to get commissions from the sale of insurance products, maybe you know life insurance, those type of thing, disability, uh, and that type of fee arrangement. You know that advisor is making commissions, and like I said, it's going to be from certain financial products such as mutual funds, annuities, life insurance, disability, those types of things. So when you purchase that particular investment or that particular insurance product, we're going to get paid, or the advisor is going to get paid a commission. They often are payable in addition to above client fees. So there may you may be getting two fees in there, so you gotta be careful. So let me give you an example. Maybe you're gonna invest five thousand dollars into a mutual fund and your advisor, you know, recommends in turn that they receive a three percent commission fee. So the advisor may get three percent of that five thousand or hundred and fifty. Similar commissions may come their way if they're gonna sell you annuity or life insurance to that particular person. So there's two ways, fees and commissions typically, and that's kind of a real quick overview of how they work. All right, makes a lot of sense. Are there pros and cons of those different ways of paying an advisor from the investor's standpoint? Is one way better than the others? Oh, sure, there's there's pros and cons to everything as we know. But let's look at the fees first, the pros. You know, the advisor, if you're a fee-based advisor, you're gonna have a fiduciary responsibility to your client in helping your client invest in a way that puts them first. You know, the advisor is being compensated on percentage of the assets being managed. What is, why, why should that make a difference? Well, 
The more money you make, the more he or she makes. The less money you make, the less he or she makes. And this shouldn't advise, you know, shouldn't sway the advisor, to, you know, maybe purchase higher commission products or securities or insurance products because they can't collect a commission on it. And the cons are going to be, well, maybe you could be stuck implementing the plan yourself. So you're going to go to advisor, you're going to get that hourly fee, we're going to tell you how to do it, and then we're going to leave it up to you. You have to put it in place. So maybe there's, you're not a savvy investor and that's not a, not a thing for you. Also, a fee-based um, professional may have you know a little bit more limited offerings when it comes to securities and insurance products because they're typically not selling commission products. You may also find an advisor that could be incentivized if you're fee-based to be more aggressive with your portfolio. Why? In order to grow his fees or her fees. Here's the difference, how you tell. If you have a fiduciary advisor, they carry what's called a Series 65 license. So that's how you're going to tell. Are they fee-based or are they commission-based? If they have a Series 65 license, they're a fiduciary and they're going to put your best interest first and they're going to be a fee-based advisor. Now let's look at commissions. There's some pros about commissions. You know, if you're licensed appropriately, they may have greater diversity to product offering because not all products are fee-based products. There are some products out there that are only commission-based, so you can do something like that. And they're gonna include you know, risk management strategies you might not want. They could be including life insurance, health insurance, disability annuities, long-term care insurance, all those things that are coming along the way. I should say those are things you, you probably want. The cons is gonna be a commission-based professional is held to a suitability standard. Not the not the fiduciary standard. There's a difference there. So suitability standard is this. Recommendations are based on suitable in terms of the client's financial needs, objectives, or your certain circumstances versus the higher fiduciary standard where we're required to manage the assets in the benefit of that person for their own profit. Those are a couple of things. So how do you tell if you're advisor is commissioned well they're typically going to hold what's called a series 7 license a series 66 or maybe some sort of producing insurance license so those are ways that you can tell which way an advisor is going to go just simply by asking what licenses do you hold or her good little shortcut to understand some of those moving parts okay makes a lot of sense um other than so that, that's a that's a great starting point for understanding maybe what costs are going into a financial plan uh, every investor is going to have some expense whether you have an advisor or not but other than those fees paid to an advisor what are some other costs that people might encounter as they prepare for retirement in the financial world well there's going to be hidden fees right the devil's in the details. So if we look at hidden fees, the typically the only fee you're going to see if you look at your, let's say your 401k statements is the expense ratio. And a lot of people think, well, that's the only fee I'm paying. You are not. You're paying transaction costs in there too. So if we look at the average transaction cost, it's 1.44%. What is the transaction cost? And they're not readily available they're going to be what's the manager's going to mutual fund manager in this case is buying and selling certain stocks they may it's called turnover ratio they may turn over a stock two or three times which means every time they buy a stock there's a cost every time they sell a stock there's a cost that's cost can add up over time like say the average one of the mutual fund is 1.44 tax cost you know you may get capital if you're outside an ira you may get capital gains and actually lose money you may get dividends and you know you may not need those particular costs tax costs so you got to look at that cash drag cash drag is simply a mutual fund manager is going to keep a certain amount of cash 
on hand just in case he needs to liquidate fund positions for people who are looking to take money out. So that's, you know, that money cannot be invested into the market. So that's sitting on the sidelines, soft dollar cost, advisory fees, cost summary. There's all sorts of fees that people don't know that's going on behind the scenes. And there's ways to figure those out. But if we just look at the average mutual fund, and if you look at that Forbes article I keep referring to, the average mutual fund cost is 3.17 to 4.17%. That adds up over time. So the hidden fees, I think, can you know really creep up on you and take some wealth away from you over the long term. So you have to be careful when you're going into investments. You need to know all the fees. And they're not easily found. How do you get them out? How do you determine them? So it, you know it, that's a conversation you have to have with your advisor. If you need help uncovering the true cost of your portfolio, what you're paying in fees, finding those hidden fees in the first place, that's something that Kevin can take you through as part of the Simplicity planning process. And if you'd like to get in touch and talk a little bit more about that, you can call them anytime at 888-885-PLAN, 888-885-PLAN. So, Kevin, what percentage of people, you know, since it sounds like there's so much hidden fees type stuff going on out there, is there a percentage of people you'd estimate who have a higher portfolio cost than they realize? You mean from people that come in my office? Yeah, just folks that you've, you've seen for the first time or that you've talked to. I'd say it's a very high percentage, okay. 80, to, 80 to 90 percent. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I give you an example. Yesterday, we had a lady walking from in my office, and she was showing me her 403B statement. And I was saying, how did you pick these investments? Well, you know, she did this automated thing and it just automatically picked it for her. So one of the investments had a Vanguard account that encompassed basically all stocks. And then she had like nine or 10 different other mutual funds. And guess what? Those nine or 10 other different mutual funds basically had the same stocks that one Vanguard account had. In this particular instance, there's a big fee difference in there, probably 2 to 3%. We didn't break it down. So just by looking at something like that, if you have three, four, or $500,000 and there's a 2% fee difference, it adds up over time. It adds up quickly over a 10-year time frame. So you've got to keep an eye on those things. You have to look at the higher cost portfolios. Is there something in your investments? Is there something in your 403Bs? Is there something in your 401Ks that is pretty similar that maybe does better than where all the hidden fees are. How do you find out? You got to sit down. You got to talk to an advisor. You have that have that in depth conversation and be educated in how all these things work. And it starts with you. You have to sit down. You have to take the time. You have to take the initiative. The lady that I talked to yesterday says, "Geez, I wish I'd have come to you two years ago. I don't know why I didn't." And those are the things. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get involved if you're getting closer to retirement. Look at all those fees. Look at what can be improving your portfolio, even if you're still working. Like like we helped this particular day, we helped improve her positions in her 403B. Well, again, all you have to do if you have questions about what your portfolio costs, what are the hidden fees, uh, what are the different commissions and fees that you're paying inside your portfolio, all those different angles and elements of that conversation, Kevin can dial that down, look deeply in there for you and help you uncover those true costs so that you can have you know, a full understanding of, of what you're paying for in your plan. All you have to do to set up that time to visit so that you can uncover those fees is give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. He's based in Pinconning, and you can also find out more information online at insightfolios.com. Click the listen button to ask questions or listen to past episodes. But the best way to get in touch is to pick up the phone, give him a call at 888 888- 885 plan 
And if you get the voicemail, leave a quick note so Kevin can follow up with you and uh, get in touch about your financial plan and your retirement goals. 888-885-PLAN if you want to take advantage of a complimentary financial review. 888-885-7526. Hey, there's more coming up on the show today. Stick with us. Lots of things to get to here on Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. After a while, all that financial noise seems to run together. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone? It's time for a fresh perspective. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Really enjoying today's episode. Hope you are as well. Walter Storholt here alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you in the Tri-City area, office right there in Pinconning. Come on by, say hello, get some great recommendations of where you can go out to eat maybe after your meeting with Kevin or some good places to shop in the area if you're not uh, you know, completely familiar with Pinconning. Uh, for those of you who are local, you probably already know Kevin. You've probably listened to this show a couple of times before as well. Uh, but if you want some more information on what it's like to work with Kevin about the planning process, get some more financial education, you can do it all at insightfolios.com. That's insightfolios.com. Click the listen button and you can ask questions, listen to past episodes of the show, and find much more there. Kevin's the co-author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement, and that's why he's well qualified to be one of our financial Jeopardy contestants on today's show. This financial phenomenon is thought by some to be imminent and by others to be far off in the distance. But there's no denying that it'll be back eventually. Well, I have to say, what is a market correction? Mm, Very good point, yes. So, what is a market correction? There's really no universal definition of this, but for most people, they're going to consider a correction to have occurred when a major stock index, now we're talking like the S&P, the Dow Jones, and New York Stock Exchange, something like that, declines by more than 10%. Now, here's the, here's the thing, by more than 10% and less than 20% from its most recent peak. Walter, do you know why they call it a correction? Because it sounds better than a crash? <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> they call it, that's a good one. They call it a correction because historically the drop, you know, often cracks and returns the prices to the longer term trend. So what comes after the correction? And that's what we're talking about, the bear market. So nobody can predict. And I want, I want to emphasize this. Nobody can predict, you know, whether the market's going to turn around or not. We've known that by looking at study after study after study. But however, there are periods when the market is down by more than 20%. We all know that. Historically, most corrections haven't become bear markets. Now, if we go back for the last 24 market corrections, because I was just researching this the other day, since November 1974, if we go back 24 corrections, only five of them have became bear markets. And let me give you the years, Walter. 1980, 1987, 2000, 2007, and 2020. So the odds are in our favor that they're not, not going to become a bear market, but that doesn't necessarily that it won't. So people nowadays, you know, there's all this white noise going on out there in the media. The market's going to crash, you know, buy gold, buy silver, buy this, buy that, you know, prepare yourself. And nobody knows. It's just a feeling that everybody, you know, 
has right now over the majority of people I talk to, but nobody knows. It could turn around tomorrow or it could go down tomorrow. That's that's the thing with the stock market. When you're in there, you're going to go through many market corrections. And remember, that's a long-term investment. So we're only looking at a correction at maybe a year or two in time. You've got 20, 30, 40 years to go. That market correction is going to happen several times in, in that time frame. So don't let it get you off track. Don't let it get you down. Don't let the white noise bring you down. Consider it long-term and act like it's long-term. Go see your advisor if you're nervous. Revisit your plan to make sure you're on target for what you want to do. We're playing a little bit of a game on today's show, Financial Jeopardy style. Kevin is rocking the category. Kevin, you might just sweep the category. That always feels good when the contestants run the the table on the category. Uh, Here's another one for you. Mandated by the IRS, these force retirees to drain their retirement accounts whether they want to or not. Oh, that's an easy one. What is a required minimum distribution? We talk about that all the time in the show, an RMD. So an RMD means, now, there's a lot of people out there who think we're underneath the old rule. Remember what the old rule was, Walter? You had to be a certain age and you had to take money out. That was the weird half one, right? Like 70 and a half or something like that? 70 and a half. Yeah, okay. And then they passed what's called the 2.0 Secure Act. We've done a a couple of shows on that, which, Mm -hmm. which raised it to 72. So now you're forced to take money out at age 72. But now in the Senate, they're talking about you know, another SECURE Act and increasing that limit from 72 to 75. Now, we're not there yet. We're still at 72. It passed the House, but it's up to the Senate. looks like it's going to pass. But let's assume you're turning 72 this year and you have whatever dollar figures. Now, what they're going to use is they're going to use your December 31st value of the year you turn 71. And what they say between you and your beneficiary, they're going to give you life expectancy in years. So when you're 72, they say you have 25.6 years. So take whatever that dollar figure was December 31st of the year you turned 71 and divide it by 25.6 years. And then that'll tell you the minimum you have to take out. Now, if you don't take out that minimum, the penalty from the IRS is 50%. So let's say you had to take out $10,000 and you didn't do it for whatever reason. The penalty from the IRS is $5,000. So here's what's important about required minimum distributions. If you come into my office, we're going to set it up so it automatically happens every year. And we want it to come out no later than October. Why? Because if there's a mistake, we got time to fix it. I don't want it coming out in the middle of December and there's there's a mistake and then we can't go back and fix it and then you're faced with that penalty. So make sure you're looking at all your IRAs, all your 401ks, all your 403bs, and make sure that you're taking the required minimum distributions. Now, you can take them from one account, but just make sure that it that it meets that required minimum distribution. Otherwise, you're going to pay a hefty, hefty penalty. That's a really good point, Kevin, and a great explanation of those RMDs. We would have accepted either answer, required minimum distributions or the shorthand RMD. So well done. All right. Last one to sweep the category, Kevin. This common staple of retirement, known also as a defined benefit program, is quickly becoming scarce across the American landscape. Well, there's two clues there, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) The first clue is defined benefit program. And the second clue, I think you said scarce. Scarce, yes. Scarce, yes. So, So we're talking about what is a pension. Now, your father, my father... You know, pensions were pretty normal back then. But the pension for anybody coming through the workforce now is if you work for the federal government or the state, you probably have a pension. But even the General Motors workers and the Ford workers and all those types of people who used to have pensions, that's a dying dinosaur going in there. So what is a pension? 
A pension is a retirement arrangement in which you and your employer promises a regular payment from the day you retire for as long as you live. So you work for General Motors like my dad did. He retired at 52. He is now 80. So they've been paying him from that day all the way until dad is no longer here. So that pension is a pretty good stable for people to count on. So when we're doing the income planning process, pension is a crucial part. We had somebody come in the office the other day, Walter, had a $36,000 a year pension. That's a pretty good pension. That sounds pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and that was, it had a COLA on that too. So there are some pensions out there, there are there are some pensions out there, and that is a big staple going into retirement, knowing that you have that income coming in. I call it mailbox money, because every month it shows up. And that can help you in retirement to help fill that shortfall. The shortfall is what your fixed income that's coming in, and if you need more, so if you have 4,000 coming in, you need 5,000, that shortfall is 1,000. So you know it makes filling that shortfall easier because you have ongoing income coming in. So the pension you know, was a staple in my dad's era, not so much a staple now for new people coming into the workforce, So, but it's a really good thing if you can get it. Well, Kevin, you ran the category. Well done, my friend. Thank you for uh, this type of guidance and advice. Are these the kinds of questions that people are bringing to you uh, when they come in to meet and have a conversation about what's going on in their financial life? I mean, are, are we running kind of the, this, this broad of a spectrum in what you're dealing with each day? We do. You know, we, I, I get asked almost every time I'm my fiduciary. And right now, the big conversations are, do you think we're in a market correction? What do you think the market's going to do because of all the things out there? Not so much about RMDs unless you're getting close to 70, and then you know you should be talking about that. But these are things we talk about every single day because they're part of the retirement planning process. You have to plan for those things. You have, We all know market corrections are going to come, so we need investments that produce income. We all know, you know, you, that if you have a pension, you have a decision. Do you put your spouse on or not? And if you don't put your spouse on, there's some planning that goes down there. So there's all kinds of things that come into play. And these are everyday questions that we get. Variable annuities, people come in with those, you know, we'll go through those. And we'll look at the riders on it. You know, why do you have this rider on there? Well, I don't know. Do you plan on taking income? No. Well, then I don't understand why you're paying 1.5% a year just to have that rider if you're never going to use it. Let's look at some other alternatives to help you out better and, and maybe trim some fees off of those types of investments and get you going in the, in the direction you need to go. So those are everyday questions, you're right. All right, very good. If you've got these kinds of questions on your mind, or even better, want to put all of this into the context of your plan, that's the best thing that you can do. Pick up the phone, give Kevin a call, set up time to meet for a complimentary review of your situation. The number is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- 885-7526. You can get on the right track to get to and through retirement with a proper financial plan. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give Kevin a call today. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Or shoot him an email, kevin at insightfolios.com if you want to touch base that way. But again, the easiest way to get in touch is to call today. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message Kevin will call you back, or the sensational Stacy will get in touch with you to schedule that time to chat over the phone, maybe via Zoom or in office there in Pinconning. 888-885 PLAN is that number. And stay tuned. There's more to come on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. This is where we just sidestep some of the financial stuff and typically talk about food, 
sometimes other topics. And uh, we're back to food this week, Kevin, as you, you know, if you were betting, always bet that food's going to be involved and you'll win more times than not if you're trying to guess what kind of question we're going to ask here on Getting to Know You. Uh, so here's a fun one for you this week. What is your favorite breakfast food? Oh, that's easy. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Bacon, I, bacon. I was going to say, is, bacon. is all an option? Just just all breakfast food is my favorite? Well, you know, it depends, but bacon is always in when I'm sitting mm-hmm. down. And, you know, there's, there's a little uh, meat store up in Rogers City called Plass, and they have the best bacon, you know, and then mm-hmm. we, we stop up there. Valley's Meat Market and uh, Beeson's here in town. They have the best bacon. You know, what's so your I, what's your preferred style? Do you like uh, kind of thick and you know not super crispy, but just really nice and thick and juicy, or do you like more crisp? Uh, no. Like, okay, you like the the thick and I, juicy bacon. Thick and juicy. Okay. I don't like crisp bacon because it take it zaps the flavor out right. for me. So yeah. Right. So how about you? Uh, I mean, it's hard to go against bacon. Bacon. Yeah. I think I'll have to go with eggs because I never substitute anything for eggs. I'm always going to have eggs. But bacon, every once in a while, I'll do sausage instead of bacon. So it's rare, but I'll still substitute that out. Eggs, nothing substitutes for it. Always got to have eggs as part of the breakfast meal when you're, when you're doing a true breakfast and not just having some cereal in the morning. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. I don't think I'm ever going to give up eggs. And you can cook them so many different ways, which is so exciting. But bacon and eggs is kind of the, the combo that you got to have, yeah. right? So. Well, I eat bacon maybe. Once a month, I eat eggs probably four times a week. But my favorite, if I had to pick between would be, one, would be the bacon. the bacon. Yep. If you ate the bacon as often as you eat the eggs, you'd probably be in a little bit more trouble. I, I would imagine. be. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be my slim self. Right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, very good. Uh, favorite breakfast food? Time for us to go eat some, Kevin. I don't care what time of day it is. We can always go get some breakfast food. I'm, so. I'm going to have to fire up the air fryer. In fact, do you ever do breakfast food for uh, for dinner? Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the oh, best. All, isn't it? all the time, yeah. Good stuff. You know, Fried potatoes and onions and some eggs and a little bacon or ham. Yep, all the time. There you go. Uh, Well, cool. More to come on today's show. We'll stop talking about food and get back to talking about financial stuff and retirement and things that are going to help you save money, make more money, and uh, retire in a better position. Coming up next, so stay tuned to Simply Financial. No need to make things hard on yourself. Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Learn a simpler way to invest. Glad you're with us today on Simply Financial. Walter Sorholt alongside financial coach Kevin Ray of Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area based in Pinconning. You can get in touch by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Well, Kevin, we've sort of had a TV theme on today's program, so let's continue that as we get ready to wrap things up this week for our final segment. This time, we're going to take things in a little bit different direction, though. We had uh, some fun playing a TV game, Jeopardy, financial version, on today's show. Uh, Let's look at some other TV-influenced conversation, though. Sometimes there are things that we see on TV. Maybe we can fudge this a little bit and say it's maybe something just we read about online or we watched online, perhaps. Um, Sometimes maybe it's not something we've seen recently, but maybe it's just kind of seeped into our subconscious and we just assume these things are going to happen all the time. However, that gets into our subconscious. Some of those things may not really be rooted in reality. And so what we're going to do is go over a situation. And I'm curious, Kevin, is this the kind of thing that we really only see on TV? Or is this rooted in reality in some way? Are you seeing people actually experience this in real life? 
Sound good? Sounds good. All right, here's the first one. This will be a good a good scene setter for us. So you've got that image in your mind of the family members gathering in the room after the death of a loved one for the reading of a will to find out who is inheriting what. Is that just seen on TV, or does that really happen a lot in real life? Well, I can tell you when you when you read that, I have you watched that movie Nice Out? Nice out. Oh, knives. oh, kn- knives. knives. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. That, that was very good. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. But remember, they're all in a room. That's right. So that's what you're talking about. I've never seen that in my 32 years. I've never been involved. Now I have been involved with attorney conversations, but from the, most of my clients, they already know because they're involved in the planning process. They're involved in the trust. They're involved in, you know, they're the beneficiary. So mom and dad usually include them and what's going on, so they know what's coming down the rain. So I've never sit in a family member in a big room with an attorney and I'm sitting in the corner doing that. It's never happened in my, in my realm. Isn't that funny? Cause I mean, literally every TV show, every movie has that, has that scene in it. So yep, yeah. <laughs> one of those just made for TV kind of things. It sounds mm-hmm. like, all right, here's another one. Uh, you've got people discovering old investment accounts that they forgot they had like, Oh, here's that 401k I forgot about or IRA totally forgot about that extra hundred thousand dollars sitting around. That sounds made up in like something that would be TV only. What about it? Does that happen in reality? It does. It happens more often than you would think. You know, we'll have, when you come into the office, we're going to ask you to bring in statements and those types of things, um, you know, or at least bring us the account values. And a lot of times people are going through their paperwork for the first time in many, many years. And I say, geez, I had this whole 401k. You hit it right on the head. I forgot all about that. Can we do something with this? Or is it is it uh, in the right place? Or can I put it in my other 401k? And they have all kinds of questions about it. But it's always found money when they do that and it's like they had it for many years they left the job they forgot about it and then they come in here and then it rediscovers it and then it's always a good good conversation because it's money they thought they didn't have but that happens quite often it's a really good point kevin and it's uh, something we should uh kind of keep in the back of our minds trying to keep track of those different investment accounts and funny that that happens more often than you think here's another fun one uh someone inheriting money from a relative that they never expected to inherit money from. I feel like I've seen that in a lot of TV shows and movie, right? Like, oh, this random uncle that I've only seen once in my life left me X amount of dollars or, you know, something along those lines. Does that happen in real life, those unexpected uh, inheritances? That's happened yeah, from time to time. Not very often. Okay. But but I can think of a client of mine. Uh, this was, oh, geez, probably 20 years ago. Her father left her some money, which she knew about but her father said if there's anything left of that money i give you i want to i want you to give it to whatever your brothers or sister siblings so you know one of them lived out in california they had no clue it was coming and when she passed i had to make the call to california and say your aunt did this and here's the reason and it was kind of a nice thing you know to go through that and then the aunt set it up so every year she would get a distribution on niece's birthday so it was kind of a nice thing. And she had the That's opportunity to, to cash it in too. But so every year thought about her aunt and then in turn thought about her grandfather who she really never knew, but that was, that's where it was coming from. So it's kind of a cool thing. We're talking about uh, some of these different things that you see on TV or in a movie. Did these things really happen in real life? Most of these, of course, related to retirement or finances. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Inside Folios. Here for you if you have any questions about retirement and planning for your financial future. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-7526. 
All right, Kevin, how about this one? Uh, Kids in today's world working their way through college. We've seen that in TV and movies over the years where you've got somebody working their way through school. They're working maybe two or three jobs, even at times, waiting tables, doing various things. Does that uh, really happen in today's world where kids are kind of putting themselves through school like that? I do see it. You know, we'll have parents who um, really can't help them out, so the kids are going to put on an extra job or maybe two, like you said, and they're going to work their way through it. Maybe they get a partial scholarship. It happens, I would say, probably 30 40% of the time when, when we're sitting down talking to people. And then I've seen on the other spectrum where they, you know, they don't work or they can't work enough because maybe you're a doctor. I've seen people have $500,000 in college debt or, you know, debt just going to college to get that types of thing. So it's on both spectrums, but I do see it probably 30 40% of the time where kids, you know, they've saved through time and they're working and, you know, they'll maybe borrow a little bit of money for because for the most part, they pay their way through college. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know I did uh, work my fair amount during my college years and helped pay for that and graduated yeah. with, you know, a very small amount of student loans, thankfully, and didn't have to make mom and dad break the bank too much. It was a lot of hard work, though, and I could see if I was in a discipline that required a lot more studying, that would have been difficult to, to maintain uh, that level of work you know oh yeah if you're if you're six or eight year into that yeah that's going to be a lot dif- more yeah. difficult so yep definitely um i was able to also graduate in that four-year frame which is uh, more and more rare these days too so it's interesting the different uh the different challenges people face during that period of life and parents trying to plan for all of that all right uh in movies we often see these you know genius investors who know just when to get in and out of the market they time it perfectly are people really successfully doing that outside of Hollywood? No. Let me ask you a question, Walter. And you finish the sentence. A blind squirrel. Uh, finds finds an occasional nut, something like yeah, that. Yeah, finds an occasional <laughs> nut, right? People get lucky. I mean, you know, you can f- have a feeling sometimes, but there's nobody out there that I know of that consistently can time the market. You know, we we hear about the big short guy, right? He, he hit it right on the head. If you read all the things that he's been saying since then, he hasn't been so accurate. You read about Bill Miller, who was the most, you know, success uh, money manager out there for 15 years in a row. Then he fell off a cliff. You just can't do it week in and week out or year in and year out. And here's a couple of reasons why. Walter, when is the next tsunami going to hit someplace? Uh, We don't know. When's the next attack going to happen? No idea. Yeah, we don't know, right? Those are the unseen, un- unknowable things that really affect the market. And that's why they're hard. You know, you can't time it because these are the things that make a major change in what's going on. When's the next pandemic? When's the next whatever? It's You can't time the market successively over and over and over. It just can't happen. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you make, Kevin, and one that we all certainly need to remember. All right. Let's do one last one here on Simply Financial, going through these different as-seen-on-TV situations. Do we see them in real life as well? People retiring, but then going back to work because they realize they don't have enough money. Do we just see that on TV shows and and movies, or does that really happen? No, that really happens. We have Occasionally, we have somebody come in my office, they want a second opinion, and it's because they had to go back to work. Um, They didn't have a good income plan. They didn't have good advice or whatever it was. They didn't save enough. Um, and now, now they're in a situation. So now we got to try to help them get as, you know, the best benefit that they can. I wouldn't say it happens often, Walter, but I would say, oh, maybe four or five times a year from the people come through our office. This is what we're dealing with. And, you know, sometimes we can really help. Sometimes, you know, it's just going to be a reality and there's not much we can do. And that's why it's critical that you sit down and you do the, 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 
the planning way before you retire because you want to know whether you're on track or not. And it's a simple, you know, it's coming in and then we do that simplicity process. And within an hour, hour and 15 minutes, I can tell you whether you're on track or not. And then you can go from there and then you can start looking at investments and how you're going to generate income and the things you're going to do in the bucket list items. But it starts with planning. All you have to do is get on the calendar and you can begin that financial plan with Kevin and the team at Inside Folios. It's not difficult to start the process, not even difficult to go through the process. Just takes a little bit of time commitment and a little energy to have a conversation, talk a little bit about your goals and what you're looking to do and accomplish. And so if you'd like to set that up with Kevin Ray, you can give them a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Get on the right track to get to and all the way through retirement with more confidence in your plan by putting it in writing, getting it on paper, making sure you're well prepared for your financial future. Pick up the phone, give Kevin a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Or online at insightfolios.com. Kevin, really appreciate your help and guidance on the program today. And we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Catch some more fish between now and then, will you? I'll try to catch some and send you some pictures. All right. I'll be, I'll be on the lookout. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time right back here on Simple Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.